This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. So we're excited to have Hannah with us today. Hannah, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I work at Ada. I'm going into my third year with Lifeline, our student ministries. Uh, I'm originally from like the west side of Michigan, so a small town, blink and you miss it kind of thing, uh, big family. I'm the youngest of six siblings. Cool. It was a lot. Wow, uh, six siblings. Yeah. And youngest. I'm the youngest. Wow. I'm, I'm definitely spoiled, I will say. Okay, <laughs> you were clear. one of those kids. <laughs> I really was, yes. Yep. Um, yeah, and I went to Calvin College uh, in Grand Rapids, if people aren't familiar. Uh, I kind of fell into it. I had two siblings that went there, and I was the indecisive, again, youngest sibling. So uh-huh. I was like, great. They were happy and thriving there. I guess I probably will, too. Um, so I went there and changed my major a bajillion times, mm. fell in love with ministry late in my college years and mm. wound up accepting a position at Ada with one of their temporary resident positions with the youth ministry. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. So with the temporary youth position mm-hmm. ministry intern at first, or how did that start? You know? Yes. So they have it called the resident. Resident, um, gotcha. And so they're year-long contracts. So I did that two years a row, in a row. Wow. And then this year I switched campuses and took on a a full or permanent part-time position. Okay, gotcha. That's the word. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I remember seeing you at Kentwood Camps, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you were gone, and I was sad. You just saw the tears streaming down my wow. face. So we I had do Hannah miss it sometimes. <laughs> I loved it there. I loved it there. That's awesome. And now you're uh, doing things with Lifeline. Mm-hmm. you just tell us just a brief little bit about what Lifeline is for our listeners that may not know? Yep. So Lifeline is our youth group program. So okay. student ministries, middle school through high school. Uh, middle school is on Wednesday nights in the evening and high school is on Sunday nights. So their programming is fairly similar, but in middle school, we really like to hype up the community, like the games and all that. We love doing a lot of stage games um, and yeah, it's great. And then we end the night with small groups. So they might have worshiped throughout the night, played some volleyball. Nine square is a big one. Mm. Love nine square. Um, and then they each have a small group leader. So it could be a group of six sixth grade girls with one female leader and same with guys and goes throughout the grades. And then on high school night this year, actually we are revamping high school nights. Uh, We got a lot of requests from them to dive deeper and to explore their faith more. So we're introducing some discussion nights, which hopefully they get to interact more with other small groups. um, And they're going to have some different teaching content that maybe helps them dive deeper. Oh, nice. So, so for our listeners, so when you're not doing lifeline, not Mm -hmm. doing ministry stuff, like, what do you do with your free time? Oh, I don't like to have free time, so I pack it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I teach dance two days a week as well. That's something I'm really passionate about. Um, I do freelance photography wow. on the side. I really like doing uh, senior pictures, especially. Works working in youth ministry. There's always seniors around. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm obsessed with my dog. Oh, what kind of dog? I have a miniature dash hound. Oh, uh, wow. His name is Simon. Cool. Wow, yes. nice. Dogs yep. in the picture. So mm-hmm. by the time we leave this podcast, 
what kind of dance could you teach me and Kelly? Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, I specialize in hip hop. Oh, oh wow. This is right. Oh, we could right teach down. you some hip hop dances okay, for you know, sure. I can see yeah. you, Kelly, doing a little bit of hip hop with your yeah, wife. Definitely. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. That'd be fun. That's awesome, Hannah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What I do. <laughs> so the big thing we're ta- one of the key things that we're talking about today is we again on the podcast want to reach single people as well to help them understand what are the dynamics, what are the challenges, what are the positives of being married. Most people do get married, and uh, that's why we wanted to interview Hannah to just see where she's at in her life on this journey. And one of the starting points, Hannah, that we talk about uh, for single people is that you have to have a checklist. You have to have Mm -hmm. an idea of like what type of person do – I want to have in my life for the rest of my life. And uh, so uh, what are some of the items on your checklist of what you're looking for if you wanted to date somebody or possibly get married to somebody? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I personally, like, I really prioritize my faith. I mean, I think we all do. That's kind mm-hmm. of why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I So I really need to have someone who, like, Christianity is like the forefront of their heart, you know, and they're really pursuing their relationship with God and what that looks like and always growing and learning. Um, If there's one thing I've learned throughout life is that like, it's always in scripture. You can find it. So Mm. um, I really appreciate people who like push me in my faith and people who would let me, someone who would let me push them in their faith as well. It's really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I prioritize my family above all else too. So I Mm. look for someone who like wants to be around our families, you know, I think that's really special and important. Um, yeah. And I do like academic people. I love it when they're just constantly wanting to learn more about themselves and mm. the world around us. And they're passionate about something. I just think it's really cool to see people pursuing that. So That's cool. Those are my major ones, I think. So, so the guy, if mm. there was a guy, you yep. know, in the future, way down 10, 20 years from now, right, um, mm-hmm. that you were really interested in, or a year from now, just kidding, uh, you know, a guy has to have a value of of him pursuing his faith. Mm-hmm. You know, that's important. He has to be someone who is continually growing as a person, growing academically, spiritually, mentally, yeah. emotionally. And those things for you say, you know what? Those things are attractive. Those things are pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All that's right. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, faith. And when we talked uh, earlier um, a little bit about this. Uh, you had kind of an interesting faith journey, and I'd just like you to share it with uh, our listeners. Yeah. Uh, my parents really wanted to give us a run for our money, I think, growing up. So my dad uh, was Catholic, and my mom was Presbyterian, and neither were willing to compromise that. So mm. they were like, well, I guess we're going to both churches. So I would spend one weekend at the Catholic church and the next weekend at the Presbyterian church, which was definitely confusing um but challenging in really good ways Mm. and i actually really admire that's how they chose to raise us um because they both were so confident in their face and i think it it gave me a good perspective of like uh christianity as a whole seeing different perspectives and things like that and it also pushed me to ask questions too and to seek god um yeah so i really love that about them and then i went to a crc school which was yet another oh, denomination, wow. which yeah. threw another curveball. So um, I really liked that because it pushed me yeah, to make my faith my own and to always turn back to scripture. So I admire my parents for that. For yeah, sure. that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool story. 
Mm-hmm. And your family is a really important part of your life. You're, that was a big thing that came out mm-hmm. when we first spoke, you know, that, as you said, one of the key denominators for you in finding somebody is them accepting your family and just being yeah. incorporated into it. Exactly. And there's a lot of them, so. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. Awesome. So, so you talked a little bit about faith. You talked a little bit about your checklist. Mm-hmm. You know, I always feel like we have these experiences in life that kind of help us make our decisions on, you know, that next person or a person that we decide we want to date. You know, I remember my experiences when I was in college, you know, and how uh, in many cases I dated couple of different people and mm-hmm. you know it was always based off of well this is how my mom treated my dad you know or this is how we talked about faith in our experience but hearing someone else talk about faith in their experience sometimes was a turn on or a turn off you know and those different things made uh you know they made an impact on how mm-hmm. i you know chose who i dated well you know i'm sure we all you know have had journeys and experiences in college and you know one thing that we talked about that i remember you sharing was this these different stages in college that that sometimes we go through, like this freshman frenzy mm-hmm. or something. Can you talk a little bit oh, about yeah. that? Those are definitely Calvin words. <laughs> if there's any Calvin students listening, they're going to recognize this. Uh, there were terms called freshman frenzy. Uh-huh. So it's like all this these fresh people are coming in. You're like, I'm going to find my husband or my wife right the first week of classes. And so it's like a frenzy. There's all these couples popping up out of nowhere. Um, and then they call it the sophomore slump because oh. there's not new people. So if you haven't found someone, you're not going to. Oh, you're done. <laughs> um, and then I think junior jump was like, they're jumping ship. They're not even looking at college or th- they're checked out. Like they're not even looking for someone. Okay. And then the senior scramble. Oh, you are yeah. rushing because you know you're leaving and you're not going to find a spouse outside of college. No way. <laughs> so they had the senior scramble. And that's when all these engagements are popping up out of nowhere. Um So yeah, those different seasons of college, I think, oh, they hit me so hard. I was like binoculars out freshman year. And I'm like, I'm going to find someone. I just know it. Um, That didn't happen. (laughs) And so I I ended up dating someone a little bit later in college. um, And I felt that senior scramble pressure. uh, But ultimately, I, you know, we made the decision. I was like, we're not going to pursue this outside of college. We just weren't ready. So, yeah. How do you like when you're in those moments? Um, because you, again, there may be listeners who are, you know, Calvinites, mm-hmm. you know, or Cornerstone mm-hmm. Gold Eagles or yeah, all, okay. the, all the different colleges yeah. are out there. How do you, based on your experience, like navigate those times where you know, like maybe this relationship isn't going the direction I wanted to go? Like, how do you position yourself for that? I have to remind myself constantly uh, being uh, what we call a millennial, Generation Z, and a millennial, that mm. I'm growing up with technology. Mm. And I think social media really has done a doozy in terms of pressure. Sure. Um, and so I have to remind myself, I'm like, not everyone is going to see the ins and outs of your life every day. They're not going to see you with your spouse every single day of your life. So if this is not the relationship you're meant to be in, it's okay to say goodbye. And no one's going to remember that but you, really. You know what I mean? And so mm. I try to take that pressure off myself where it's, I don't have to be in this relationship right now or in this, if it's not going in the right direction kind of thing. So I always remind myself that it is my life and it is in glory for God. So if what I'm doing now isn't adding up, it's okay to say goodbye kind of thing. Mm. You know, and that's, I think that's an important piece of, of a journey. Um, You know, Kelly's been through it. I've been through it. You've been through it. Mm -hmm. Of when we start to navigate things in our life where we're like, 
either sometimes a um, that person is not ready for what relationship may feel like can be like or B, I'm just not making the decision that this is what I want right now. And then going through the season of kind of after that feeling like a am I lonely <laughs> or B is am I OK? And and a lot of people, you know, even myself struggled with this aspect of, you know, I don't want to be alone. Um, or understanding what alone even means sometimes makes me really anxious. <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure all of us have been through that moment. But then there's this aspect of, well, maybe you're not lonely and 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 how you navigate your relationships and with friends and so on and so forth is really important as well, because that ends up being a support system. Um, and on the other side of that, there's this aspect of loneliness versus wholeness. You know, uh, I've heard you say some amazing things about this. Can you just share about kind of the, the, the difference between being lonely and maybe even being whole based on your experiences? Yeah, yeah, I definitely there were times where I was uh, lonely, but I think it was it felt like a lot of pressure, if mm -hmm. anything. And I had to kind of check myself and be like, OK, well, where should I be turning right now? What should I should I be looking for a relationship? Um and am I ready to be in one? Because I, I want to be my full self. So am I the best version of myself right now that I possibly can be? And if the answer is no, then I kind of realize like, oh, then I'm just looking for someone to, f to fulfill my life. But I shouldn't be looking for a partner to make me whole. We should be two mm -hmm. whole people mm -hmm. entering, you know, a relationship. So I've definitely had to check myself a few times and be like, you are not ready. So dial it back um <laughs> and and refocus yeah 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 i i uh and i want to take it just a little bit deeper too with that like this this aspect of wholeness um mm -hmm. you know where do you find maybe even biblical foundation or support in ensuring that you are not only navigating it what it under what it means to you but also feeling like it actually drives you into being a stronger single or a stronger individual in yourself like what 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 grounds you in regards to wholeness yeah i mean you know god calls us to to find ourselves in him and his promises and things like that and so i i do turn back to like where's my faith journey right now mm. um and am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing to pursue god because mm. we always think about when we're single like are we pursuing the next relationship well what's the main relationship it's god <laughs> yeah so if i'm not pursuing god i'm out pursuing someone else they should go hand in hand or i mean obviously pursue god first so i think finding my wholeness in who i am and who god has called me to be is just so important because he has plans for my life that i don't want to get distracted by because i'm just putting my desires above his promises if that makes sense yeah. so it always comes back to him yeah. it goes back to the cross yeah mm -hmm. any biblical examples you can think of that really like say to you sam this person like personifies singleness other than Jesus. Oh. Cause we see Jesus, oh, right? We see him and he lives his 33 years and does mm -hmm. his thing. And wow, he's amazing. But uh, I want to mm, be like him. Sure. But <laughs> Yeah. We always talk about the two pillars in the church, right? Peter and Paul mm -hmm. and Paul was single and mm. Peter was not, but they were equal pillars. You know, they were really big examples. And so I always turn, yeah, I definitely turn back to Paul and I find that very comforting because he recognizes that there are opportunities that he sees as he's like, I'm doing this, I'm devoting myself fully. And I think he really, 
used his time to the fullest. And I think that's something that single people don't always do. They don't realize how much extra time you have mm. and that that's an opportunity that you can use to glorify God. And I think Paul's ministry is just a great example of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. Uh, you know, I think about it, Kelly, you know, even in our journeys uh, of singleness, like I can imagine, I can remember back before I got married, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I was out of college and going through all my career development and much of my time was spent on time was spent on being sad about, mm-hmm. man, I can't find someone that matches my yeah. you know desires, yeah. my expertise, my career drive and here I am praying to God, saying, Lord, send me somebody. I know I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be out here in the field looking, right? Yeah, yeah. But Lord, send me someone. Send me, you know, and I spent my time praying and crying and praying, you know, <laughs> yeah. and all the things. And and how much more, you know, efficient it would have been, you know, or even um, connective to God to be like, Lord, in these moments. And it's funny, I did do this my probably my last year before I found my spouse. Um, I, I said, Lord, I just want to get to know who you are. Right. I just want to pursue you and have a relationship with you. Get in your word, mm-hmm. dive deep, know what you want for my life, know what you want for others around me that mm-hmm. I'm connected to and just loving you and, and be in love with you. And it's so funny when I did that, Hannah, and when I did that, Kelly, it was something where I knew that God was like restoring in me some type of courage and strength and and things that he was doing and Lo and behold, a year later, here I see Tova, you know, and it felt like I could actually give something in places where I was emotionally depleted because of all the relationships and all the things that I had personally been through. And so that experience taught me some things, you know, personally about being able to spend my time, as you're talking about, Hannah, with the Lord. Really important concept there. Yeah, that's good. So I think one of the important things for our listeners, we're talking about this concept of wholeness. Yeah. Okay. And Hannah gave us like the most important one Mm -hmm. in terms of wholeness. And that is, where's your relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Um, And that obviously is key. Uh, I'm curious to know, and and if you have something, just share it and I'll give one. And uh, like what, what constitutes wholeness? So again, one aspect is what's your relationship with God? Another one I would say that we've alluded to, and that is, are you okay being alone? Okay. (laughs) And if you're not okay being alone, then that might be a signal that you're not whole. Um, Can you guys think of any other, like what would be other like wholeness attributes that a, a person listening who's single right now could go, Oh yeah, I've got that. Or no, I don't got that. Can you guys think of one or two? Yeah, I think I I sort of check all the boxes in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, what time do I have for my job? Do I love what I'm doing? Great, mm-hmm. check. Okay, do I have a hobby? Do I have something that I'm just passionate about that I'm not doing to earn money? Yes, I do. Check. Am I serving anywhere? Am I giving my time freely for the sake of others? Yes. Check. I do all these little check boxes and I make sure there's room for my in my life for all those beautiful things. And then I check, okay, now am I still lonely? Am I still mm. lonely after fulfilling all these other just needs and um and almost like tasks like that I think mm-hmm. I should be doing. And if I'm still lonely, then I'm like, okay, maybe I have time for a date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like maybe I have time to like look out my window, I guess. Um, but I think it's it's just realizing, okay, 
I have to have more than one priority in my life. And if I'm meeting all those other priorities, then it's like, okay, I'm ready to be dating someone. But I think there, there are other things in your life. You know what I mean? And so, mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, what's so important about that, uh, and I'm glad you brought all those areas up because mm -hmm. it's so funny when you are actually thriving in those areas, that is in many cases, in my opinion, when God then brings someone around to help and support and help help you <laughs> do the things that you're actually supposed to do in life because now you have two and sometimes two is greater than one. Yeah. It helps you connect to sound now someone who's driving themselves in in their career and in their industry and in, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, all mm -hmm. those things. And then another person is doing the same thing. That's when you get two connected people who are going after something what God calls them to and gets it done even faster and mm -hmm. quicker. And and I think that that becomes the most effective marriage when two people are whole because God doesn't call two people who are not whole together in many cases. At least that's my opinion. So no, I think it's uh, yeah. valid opinion. Samuel, do you have one more? Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned all those aspects. I think another one is, and we don't talk about it as much, and it has to kind of do with the career piece, but how do you navigate things um, financially, right? You know, our, it's not just about a job, but it's about your financial practices. One thing that we do in the uh, Simbus assessment is we, is we talk about how do you navigate money, you know, in terms of your individual beliefs and your individual systems. And I think that that begins to be a really important part because, you know, I have I've spent time with, you know, couples who aren't married yet, mm -hmm. where one person is super economically savvy. Right. I've got stocks and bonds and all the things. Right. You know, yeah. oh, this is great. Yeah. But then you have another person, you know, who is not a saver or investor at all, who's just a spender. And you're like, well, they shouldn't be together. Not necessarily. It just means that you have two people who are on different sides of the money train and on those ways that they believe about money in many cases impacts the other person eventually. And so on the individual side, navigating what do you have a budget how do you budget those things? You know, hint, hint, we might have an episode about this later. But, mm, you know, right. being able to navigate those things are really important in terms of how you think about, you know, your finances and what are your financial practices? What did you learn from your family about your financial practices? Because those things end up showing in some way, shape or form, you know, and that is a part of your wholeness as well, because you're navigating how to be a good steward, which is the word. How do you steward? Do you sow? Do you give? Do you invest? Do you help the poor? Do you all those different things are really important when you're thinking about how do I think about money and how does this impact the world around me from being in the individual and being single? Yeah, that's good, Sam. Yeah, that's good. So uh, the next area we're going to talk about. And so for our listeners, one of the things that we talked about in season one, we did three episodes on it mm -hmm. Close and to. we talked about personality. Yeah. And yep. the way you get at that, one way you get at that is you can use the Enneagram. A lot of people have heard the Enneagram. Um, but another one that I use a lot is an instrument called the DISC. And um, the DISC uh, is basically built into four quadrants. The D, a doer, decisive, um, can be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> An I, influencer, outgoing, social, creative, not very good with money. Um, an S, steadfast, mm -hmm. uh, even keeled, a mm -hmm. uh, bit more passive or introverted. And then the C, the C is cautious, mm -hmm. conscientious. conscientious yeah. 
think of an accountant, think of a, an engineer, very precise thinking. Mm-hmm. They, they know the right way, okay? And earlier with Hannah, we talked about this idea of a checklist. And already we've talked about some very key things that I definitely think should be on your checklist if you're single. Number one is God number one in your life. Number two, a big thing Hannah talked about is purpose. Does this person have purpose? Uh, Another one would be, are you um, mentally, relationally, socially moving in the right direction and healthy? And then the last one is, and we're going to do a deep dive with this with Hannah, is I'm a big believer that you should marry your opposite, okay, in terms of your personality. Uh, I married my opposite. Samuel married his opposite. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in fact, most couples, this is so uncanny, most couples marry their opposite. I w- I've given the disc to countless couples. I would say 2% of the time I don't see an opposite. Okay. And the cool thing, what Hannah did is Hannah took the disc. Yeah. Okay. And Hannah, do you remember what you came out on the disc? Yes, I was an SC, which I think they labeled as a perfectionist. Okay, and do you remember any like lingo or language that they gave to that? I don't remember off the top of my head. I remember perfectionist, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And then I read all the bullet points, and I'm like, they're not wrong. Okay, (laughs) so so you did say not wrong. Right, right. The word scared me, but the reasons didn't. Yeah. And an interesting thing, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording with Hannah. She and I did. And um, so Hannah, at least on paper, should probably marry somebody who's a DI. So on the disc, Hannah uh, shows as being a pure introvert, okay? Now, I've got some news for you, Hannah. Yeah. Since talking to you today, (laughs) I think you're an SC, but I'm also wondering if maybe you might Earlier, you had said, well, I might be, in, I was told I was an IS. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And wh- who, wh- how did, where did that come from? Uh, honestly, our staff, there was two of us taking this for different reasons. And my boss and my old coworker from the Kentwood campus were both like, well, we're both Enneagram nines, just like you. And we're both IS and SI. So you're probably one of those. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I just Good. trusted them and then was surprised not to be so. Well, one of the th- I one of the things you might be an SC, but one of the things that's come out to me just by being with you, and the more and more you get to learn the disc, you can read who people are. Okay, sometimes, and one of the things that uh, has come out for me just recording with you right now is you're very expressive. Oh yeah, I get that a lot. Okay, <laughs> yeah, expressive people are eyes. So there's a chance you might be an IS. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but with that, uh, let's let's we'll play it. We'll play it this way. We'll play that you're an SC. Okay. Okay. And I asked you this earlier. So you should have. You should marry a DI. Um, and this was interesting when I asked you this. Have you ever dated a DI? Definitely not. Yeah. Explain no. that. Mm-hmm. Like, how, what did that look like? Yeah, I have even friends and other relationships. I am drawn to the more quiet, reserved people because I think that makes me have to be the extroverted one. And I think sometimes I like to be the extroverted one. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. 
but um yeah i've always dated like the more shy artsy type of people you know for better for worse why i don't know i think it's just because i myself am an artist so those are the people i'm usually around my whole family's musical mm -hmm. so i'm always around musicians and things like that um and they tend to either be very outgoing and borderline um full, full of themselves or usually an ego that comes <laughs> with being an outgoing musician um or they're like quiet reserved but just an artist and so i think those are the people i was around and i just leaned towards the quiet people they just felt a little easier to talk to i guess mm-hmm like Your that? most important relationship was the 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 guy who you dated at Calvin towards the end of your years? Yes, also in the arts. Okay. So, like what was his degree? Uh I believe he was in uh the videography world. Oh, okay. I don't know exactly if that was his major. I think that was his minor actually, but communications. We were both communications. So. Okay. And uh what do you what if you had to, what what do you think he maybe was on the disc? Oh, whatever the shyest one could be. He was the <laughs> shyest person I've ever met in my entire life, I think. Uh, very shy, but kind of like a goofball, like jokester. So I don't really know. Um, whichever letter you think is the shyest, him probably. And definitely easygoing, not very decisive. So Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was he... Um was he high in C, like kind of black and white? Was he black and white at all and how he viewed the world or no. viewed things? Definitely not. Very in the gray area. It was like, whatever you said is probably mm -hmm. what's right. Conscientious. Was, yeah. Yeah. Steady. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Last one on that. Okay. Was he a clean freak? Uh, cleaner than me. So I would say yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So now it's coming out more and more. I, yeah. I kind of do believe hannah maybe you are an is okay uh because sc people typically are very meticulous and they're uh they're kind of clean freaks um, i'm organized chaos i know where everything is but yes yeah yeah so <laughs> you know? what that means then possibly and we're we're just talking we're just discussing we're throwing darts at a dartboard um you maybe would then want to marry a dc mm. and uh, here's something about, so a DC is a very dominant person, strong, uh, but also very black and white in their thinking. So think, uh, one maybe easy way would be an accountant, like I said, or an engineer, somebody who's in the hard sciences of some kind. But what I always tell people, if you marry a DC, my son is an IS. For sure. Um, and uh, what I always told him was, uh, if you ever marry a DC, m you, you've got to make sure that they tick off the God box. They have to have an authentic relationship with God because DC are, um, they a little bit, and I'm going to overstate it, they a little bit have this attitude. We're going to do it my way mm -hmm. because I know what the right way is. Okay. Cause that's that C part. So, um, any thoughts, kind of final thoughts about that? No, that doesn't surprise me mostly because of my family members were like half and half. And those are the people that drive me crazy, but usually like they're the people in my family I'm closest to. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. That makes sense. And, for, for those who are listening, the reason why this is so important is because these people compliment us.
Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. where you, uh, as an IS person, we'll say that's who you are. As an IS person, I don't have to teach you how to be that way. Okay, you're you're naturally like that. You're naturally outgoing. You're naturally friendly. You're naturally steady. But the DC aspects, huh, that needs to be learned. And the cool thing about marriage is you're now living with somebody, and some of those aspects drive you bonkers. Hmm. Um, but now you're living with somebody, and if we model the way Scripture looks at marriage, where the two shall become one, mm. then uh, you will actually, by living and being with this person and being in love with this person, you'll become more of a DC person. Mm. So, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I just learned something in that moment myself. I said, this go. is really good. You know, I'm glad I married a DI. Just there so you know. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, when you're thinking about, I guess, just, just taking this next step, you, you do have a desire to be married eventually. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, what do you, what do you hope, you know, kind of turning this a little bit, what do you hope is going to just generically happen when you decide to go ahead and check that box? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely, um, ideally it's in the next 10 years for okay. me, but that's just to tie a nice bow on it, and I yeah. know it's not exactly in my control, yeah. but um, I think it would be nice to, you know, be challenging each other. I, I really like that. I'll hopefully be somewhere where um, I'm finishing up my grad school degree. I'm going to knock on wood for that one. You can't <laughs> hear in the microphone, but I've been trying for a while, and yeah. it just hasn't lined up, so I think it's not the time, but... I would hope to be near family and yeah, be yeah pushing each other. I don't mind someone to push me. I'll take it. That's okay. I'll mm. marry an opposite. Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's it. Okay. Okay. And so in, in taking that next step towards marriage, um, you know, what, what do you feel like is going to be that one thing that sticks out to you that says, Oh yeah, I think for sure. I know I'm ready. You know, is there something that for you says, when I check this box, I feel like this is my next step? Yeah, um, I definitely trust my gut instinct a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I like to ask hard questions and I like to be asked hard questions. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I will know it's right when uh, we've both had all of our questions answered. Mm -hmm. I don't like going into things. And I know that's not probably the best way to say that, but I don't like going into the unknown. I'm not trusting somebody. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I would love to know that we're both in like a great place individually and that we trust one another. Yeah, if that makes sense. You, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot there. And, and I'm going to tell you why. So, you know, there, there's this thing that both me and Kelly have uh, have studied. It's called the Gottman method. And in studying the Gottman method, he talks about this thing called the sound relationship house. And on one side is trust and on another side is commitment. And in those trust is a huge cornerstone of any relationship. You know, when you're looking for that next step of, Hey, I want to, you know, not only date, I want to get married. You know, this is the top is highest level, you know, other than the fact of being married. And so in those realms to, in order to have a sound relationship as, as John Gottman and Julie Gottman shares, there's this piece where we have to have trust. You know, we have to feel like we can be in this relationship and not look at each other like, 
did you do something, you know, or did yeah. something happen? And, and, and then in that same realm, we're able to commit to each other. We're able to talk about things that are important to us, you know, and we're going towards the same trajectory and growth as you've brought up. And so those things are really important when you're navigating, you know, even getting in a relationship as you've shared. So I think that's a huge cornerstone yeah. of it for sure. So, yeah. So, so Kelly, um, as we're getting towards the end of this uh, podcast, uh, I do want to take some time and let our listeners know about a very important thing that's coming up. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this next little promo. Have you joined a small group at Ada Bible Church yet? Maybe you're not even sure why you should. Well, listen, we believe that God created us for community. Our healthiest seasons of life are often when we surround ourselves with meaningful relationships, and that's why we do small groups. Small groups are circles of people who help us grow in our faith, and you can join one or even form one as we grow together to share life, pursue God, and invest in others. For more information, you can go online and check out our website at adabible.org slash smallgroups. All right, as we're uh, ending this podcast, um, you know, uh, is there, I just want to put this out there. Um, Hannah, is there anything on your heart, you know, that when you're thinking about all the singles out there navigating this loneliness versus this wholeness, um, people who may be just in that realm, is there anything that you want to just leave with them or or give them in terms of just some final thoughts? Yeah, um, I definitely would say, uh turn back to the bible honestly uh learn to trust yourself we were just talking about trust um i think i question a lot of my decisions sometimes but usually the ones that i make with a full heart are the best ones for me and so trust trust where your heart's leading you because it's probably not wrong and god's probably you know he's got a hand on it um i will say there was a pot um not a podcast a sermon that really helped me mm. um and it's by Ben Stewart. Of course, I'm probably not going to get the title right, but Ben Stewart, um, How to Thrive in Your Singleness. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about leveraging this time, whether it's a short season, a long season, or your life, uh, because God you know, gave you a purpose. And so it's about making the most of it. Um, and so, yeah, trust your heart and leverage the time you have. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So um, on a final question, Hannah, um, what... Uh, what do you you kind of alluded to grad school earlier um what do you hope for the next 10 years for your life and what transpires like give us a couple of uh what what's going to become of hannah yes i would love to have one full-time job instead <laughs> mm-hmm. of several part-time ones but right mm-hmm. now the part-time ones are fulfilling me so i would love to f- finish my master's degree and have a full-time job and ideally be married and living close to family What's the master's degree you want to go after? Yes, I would. I was going to go into a ministry degree, uh, master's of arts in theological studies, and I was accepted into a program that emphasized the arts and its role in our faith. Uh, so hopefully I finish that up with a bow. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, Hannah, thanks so much for, for being with us and opening up and being vulnerable and sharing all this good stuff that that you have. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your listening platform is and give us a five-star rating. 
If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.